I'm sure uh, you've never had this problem, but I certainly had this problem in like secondary school or wherever it was. People used to have this weird thing where if you hug them, they used to like to try undo your bra. I, I remember not partaking in this, but hearing about the other boys doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's not like the other boys. Jimmy's a cool boy. But yeah, so I, I bought this like six class like defensive bra. <laughs> <laughs> because like you like you had it, it took me for ages to class them all up but like you could like if someone undid like a class you know what fine there's still like a bunch more <laughs> i had seven class it was seven class yes it was it was my emergency bra that's why i bought it <laughs> there you go hey let's uh oh, let's yeah. introduce ourselves hello i'm your host jimmy Kavanaugh, and i'm your special guest pauline Dunn. and we are comic swapping comics No, it's my friend. Uh, my friend Ben made it. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, it's pretty fancy. We're in fancy oh, town Benedict now. Desdale made a song especially for this. Speaking of royalty-free music, <laughs> uh, how about that? What's the song called again? It's, it's called Jackpot by Jackpot the Fat Rat. By the Fat Rat. Pauline is currently working on animating a music video for this royalty-free song, <laughs> which we love. We're gonna play it right now. It's yeah, you know, I, I figured that out from context. Uh, like, this wow. isn't just a, a hat stand, Jimmy. No, that's true. <laughs> I keep my brain in here. Uh, wow, what an amazing song. Yeah. I'm very excited to see your music video for this. Uh, I'm excited too, because I haven't started it. And it's royalty free, so we can play it as much as we like. <laughs> oh god. Everyone's gonna hate this. <laughs> The reason Pauline is animating a music video for this is because she is, in fact, an animator. Yes, I go to cartoon college. Cart that's incredible. That's we like a dream. No one else calls it that but me. <laughs> uh, which I feel like is like, if you're going to be an animator, hmm. why would you not say you're going to cartoon college? It has everything there. It has alliteration. It has college. Yeah, then it's got, got two things. <laughs> yeah, it's got two things. But it's better than saying, yes, I study animation and illustration at AIT. Oh, oh when did a wanker get here? <laughs> Jimmy, you're Very the one who went to Trinity. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's not all you do in college. You're also the head of the Athlone Drama yes, Society. I, you invented the I Athlone did, Drama I, I Society. I did invent it. I think one existed previously. I think whoever was running it had graduated. And there wasn't really a mechanism. Basically, through a lot of hard work on me just being like, get shit together. Uh, I I think those claps were awfully timed. Actually. But basically, I just complained and complained and complained for all three years I've been there that the society system as it is doesn't work. And now they've changed it because I complain so much. Nice. That's results. Yeah, it's results. Speaking of results... In college drama, I'm trying oh, I to get thought, better at segues. Yeah, you're bad. You're you're bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna ask me about how I did in my exams, and I was gonna oh. be like, I don't have any exams, but yeah, I did great. Great. <laughs> uh, no, but you uh, recently won an ISDA. I did the Irish Student Drama Association Awards. The play won one, but I don't know if my part won it. I, it might have been Best Actress, which I didn't really. I didn't act no. in it. I, I wrote. I wrote. You wrote lines for the actress yeah, to say. Yes, I wrote. I think uh, approximately. 
be a quarter of it. Wow. And this yeah. was UFUR. Yes, that's that's the title of the play. Can you tell me what that stands for, Pauline? Can, uh, legally, no. But you can wait, have wait, a guess. Le- really? Legally? No. Legally, no. Wow. I, I signed um, nothing, but I, I did make a pinky promise. So, <laughs> legally, what no. What an enticing secret. I would guess... Uh, the U's make it difficult. The U's do make it difficult. The U's could just be U's, like, like text speak. Like, hey there, you, or why you yeah. at? So I'm going to say it stands for you. We, we'll play some royalty free Yeah, music. let's play some royalty free music while I think. <laughs> okay. I think it stands for you fail, you retry. That's that's a great guess. Thank you, thank you very yeah. much. It's four four monologues, so I wrote one of the monologues, and it's about four women and their relationship with sex through like the lens of a different relationship. So one is about like uh, someone and their part, a woman and her partner, a woman and her peers, uh, a woman and her family, and kind of a woman and herself, I guess. Hmm. I've never seen anything like it. I I had I'd written stuff before. I mostly wrote like uh, like prose fiction. Never written a play, and I I kind of forgot all the things I had written. So then I was like laughing at all my own jokes, and I felt really bad about it. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, I'm just so funny. <laughs> I couldn't remember anything I'd written. So someone would say something, I'd be like, did, did they put that in after? Like for like the whole thing. Yeah. If you were like, tell me one joke you wrote. I would be like, I think I said something about Himalayan salt lamps. That's it. <laughs> uh, you're also the host of the upcoming pod, co-host. Of co-host, the yes. Upcoming podcast, Gay Cousins. Yes, it's me and it's actually very distantly, distantly my cousin. Oh, you guys are the cousins. Yeah, we're cousins and we're gay. Oh, I thought you were just both gay and other people's cousins. We are other people's Do you remember in primary school, Danny Luttrell? I do remember. Hey, shout out to Danny Luttrell <laughs> if you're listening. definitely not <laughs> listening. Me and Danny are actually distant cousins. I think he's my like third cousin or something. And Danny is first cousins on the other side with Derry. So we make uh, a lot of jokes in college about the fact that we're, we're cousins. And when we were trying to come up with a title for this podcast where we just wanted to talk about like pop culture and movies we like and movies we don't like. Well, I decided I suggested as a joke. I was like, hey, we should call it Gay Cousins. And Derry immediately said yes. And I was like, well, sometimes you have to live with the consequences of your actions, I guess. We can't change it because we say it right at the start of every episode. And I'm not that good at editing. <laughs> when can we expect uh, the first episode of Gay Cousins to be released? Uh, as soon as I learn how to use Audacity. <laughs> He's like, you're in charge of editing, Pauline. You can do it. There's some YouTube tutorials. Oh, okay. That's how I learned for this. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, if you're looking at the photograph that comes with this podcast of myself and Polly, you'll notice we're dressed quite fancy. Super fancy. And that is because we have just come back from a job interview. We're we're cool and we go to job interviews. Yeah, we're... we're Cool people have jobs. Yes. Very, very exciting, actually. We just uh, had an interview with the Leash County Council to become the new heads of Leash Youth Theatre. Yeah, it's it's really exciting because we've both been involved in youth theatre for a big part of our lives. Yeah. And it's really exciting to 
come back from a different perspective mm. uh, but also have them have like all that experience and that knowledge about what m- makes youth theater great youth theater is i think was such a, a huge part of both of our teenage lives yeah. for me at least not even from a theater aspect like i love theater i'm always interested in working in it but just the social aspect so, of that group we had yeah. of that team uh, we had for those for those years and also i we were in youth theater and kind of a, a difficult time for like the country yes so there, true. like there wasn't much money around it was a very bare bones operation most youth theaters still are but it was most of the same people for like the entire time i was there and i don't think i'll ever have that kind of experience going into a theater group again where it's people i've been working with for ye- like years and years and years mm. we got to such a high like a really high level of like things we made there was just so much trust there yes also we all kind of had cultivated a s- similar sense of humor yes that we yes, like definitely could do that together i don't know if i'm ever gonna have an another theater group that i'm gonna know for that long it's never gonna happen again but i'm really glad it did happen <laughs> Like we said, we've literally just come back from the interview. We do not know right now whether or not we've got the job, but this isn't going to come out for at least a week, if not a few weeks. So I will now edit in whether or not we got the job. We did not get the job, but we were told that we were very impressive and a breath of fresh air. So thanks. But in all seriousness, if you are a young person, a secondary school student living in Leash, even though myself and Pauline won't be running the theatre, I cannot stress enough how incredibly worthwhile joining up with your youth theatre is. Even if you're not living in Leash, and if you have a local youth theatre, get in touch with your county council, get in touch with the guys running it, and get involved. It is so worthwhile, whether you want to be the next Olivia Coleman or whether you just want to make a bunch of friends in a very cool, very supportive environment, uh, there's nothing better you can be doing with your time. So get involved with your theatre. It's so much fun, and I love it. Thank you for the opportunity, Leash County Council. Hey, maybe we'll get you next time. Back to the podcast, which is now probably going to be tinged with a hint of sadness. Enjoy! So I guess we'll respond with either a yay! Yeah, woo. totally that could, this could really yeah. be like in the middle like we're like oh yeah, it's funny, funny joke time and then like in the middle Jimmy's gonna be like oh, <laughs> and, then, and then we'll just go back to it being funny joke time and, funny joke time, uh, yeah. This, and yeah it'll just be whiplash for anyone listening to this. <laughs> Yes, this could <laughs> This could either be a really fun celebratory podcast or the rest of this could just be tinged with sadness because you now know. But we don't know. We don't know. We're so still, for us, we're, we're still, happy. We're still really excited. I feel like we did an okay job. I think so. I'm very happy. I think we answered yeah. all the questions great. Yeah. We had our enthusiasm. Yeah. We made eye contact. Which I'm really bad at. I have a doctor's <laughs> note that says I'm bad at eye contact. Well, there you go. Then Called autism. <laughs> <laughs> If we got it, if you see us on the street, give us a high five. If not, you can still give us a high five. But like a sad or Like a sad high five, yeah. And if we got it, we're so excited to start working with the Lee Shoot Theatre. Yeah. I, I worked there all last year. So they're such a wonderful, wonderful group of kids. Mm. And there'll be new wonderful kids this new year. New kids, yeah. Youths, eh? Yeah. Jimmy, I'm going to tell you this now for yes. free. In youth theatre, it is practice to call them 
Young people. Young people. That's why okay. I kept calling them young people because in my head I often refer to them as youths. Youths. It sounds like <laughs> it's, it sounds. I don't know. It sounds kind of cool. Yeah. To be like if you're youth. like a disaffected youth. Yeah. Or you're, it's. I feel like I just aged myself like thirty years, twenty four. <laughs> but I feel like it's kind of punk rock to be a youth mm, not to be a young person but we still call them young people yes just so you know the comics we have chosen today yeah. really mesh well with leash youth theater <laughs> yeah. you've given me the youth theater aspect and i've given you the leash aspect yes so pauline gave me drama by Raina Telgemeier. I would say it's what's called middle grade, so like 9 to 12. Yes, this is a book primarily for 9 to 12 year olds, but as the kids say, the, as the youths, as the, the young, young people, people. Say, as the young people say these days, Pauline, I felt very seen by this book. We're cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're hip. We're with it. <laughs> It's basically a sort of slice of life comic about Callie who is on the stage crew for her middle school's theatre club and it's about her putting on a play so there's the drama of you know the theatre but there's also the drama of teenage relationships. <laughs> He, he made that joke about eight times when I gave him that comic. <laughs> Pauline, you have the leash aspect yeah, here. Yeah, uh, so Jimmy has given me a comic called The Bog Road by Barry Keegan. And it's it's set in leash. It's the, one of the only things I've ever encountered that's set in leash. And I actually met Barry Keegan once. And I hadn't read his comic then, but I pretended I had. Oh, Barry sorry, Keegan, buddy. if you're listening, sorry. But we've but I, both read it we've now. We've both read it now. And we're going to talk about it. I didn't want you to feel bad. <laughs> Well, it's it's about um, mythology, I guess. Like, I don't know enough about mythology to be like, this is 100% accurate Irish mythology. Mm. I'm going to say it's probably not. No. Because nobody knows that much about Irish mythology because it's a really, really complicated subject. Depends on where you live. There's also like two major, major mythologies, at least. The Ulster Cycle and the Connacht Cycle, I think they are. And they're completely unrelated. <laughs> it's very, I, like, it's really confusing. <laughs> If you're ever, if you're ever like, mm, maybe I'll write a, write something about Irish mythology. I can't really recommend it. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of work for you. So this is an Irish independent comic yeah. published by Atomic Diner, an Irish company. And it was supported by the Creative Ireland program, which I I learned from reading this thing at the back. <laughs> but they do have actually here's a fun piece of trivia they have the harp and I don't know people associate the harp with Ireland but actually the Irish like harp that we use for like I don't know official things like if you had a euro it's the harp yes. on that and you may think like in your head you're like oh yeah it's the same as the Guinness harp it's actually backwards Guinness didn't ask permission for the Irish government went to Guinness and were like hey we really like your harp can we have it <laughs> and Guinness were like no can we flip it backwards? All right, so and that's the Irish harp. We, we robbed it from Guinness. We from I heard Guinness. that on the radio once a long time ago. Do not fact check. <laughs> Polly and I both love to support Irish independent yeah. artists, and we do both buy a lot of Irish independent comics. But this is, I think, the first time, one of the first times at least, we've had an Irish independent comic on the podcast. One of the reasons is because I think I'm, I haven't heard what Pauline thinks about it yet, but I think it's really good and it can be very dangerous when you're looking through independent comics because the quality can vary wildly. Yeah. 
And there is a lot of comics that I really enjoyed, but... It's um, okay, Jimmy, and we're all friends here. Yeah. <laughs> friends, friends and beloved listeners. Yes. Sometimes there are some independent comics that I choose not to bring on the podcast, especially Irish independent comics, because Ireland is such a small place, there's a very good chance these creators will be listening. And I don't want anyone to be saying bad things about their comics. Uh, so, if you are an Irish independent artist and your comic is featured on the podcast, it's because I think it's really, really good. If you're an Irish independent comic artist and your comic is not featured on the podcast, Jimmy thinks it's bad. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's what I'm saying. That's what you just <laughs> No, we obviously we can't roasted. get we can't get every comic on the podcast. Yeah. But like it's very easy to bring on a Spider-Man or a Batman yeah. because there is certain... there is a guy I think in Tipperary who at least draws who was drawing the Spider-Man run for a while. There you go. Yeah. So watch um, out. <laughs> watch out for that. But even yeah, like we have no qualms with tearing into the Snagglepuss comic or Guy Delisle's Panyang. I'm not sure when this episode comes out in relation to other ones, but. That's either happened in future or past episodes uh, because these are huge comics. But with independent artists, I think it's just so and important it's, to it's, support them. Yeah, it's so important. And as someone who, who works in art, it's really hard to be brave enough to put yourself out there. Absolutely, to, yeah. Especially if you're doing an indie release because there's a lot of your own money that you have to invest in that. And mm -hmm. so it's really hard and it's really it's a really important, brave decision. Whether or not I like what you have produced, I appreciate that you have produced it and that you have because you have produced it i believe you have put something of intrinsic value out there into the world so and i really appreciate that having said that what were your thoughts on the bog road i i really liked the mythological aspect and it was really fun actually to see i was like oh well, i've been there <laughs> yeah once again i feel seen by this book yeah like um because like me and jimmy a lot of time if it's fine out we would go to like like, if we weren't here inside recording, we would probably go out to the Rocket on a Maze to chat. Yes. And the Rocket on a Maze is in here! And it's really cool! And, like, hardly anyone's heard of it. Whenever I have friends who are coming from out of county, always, if I can, I bring them to the Rocket on a Maze. Absolutely, yeah. And, like, they're like, oh, I've never heard of this! And it's so cool! Now, if you're trying to imagine the Rock of Dun Maze, it's not a rock. This no, isn't like, I like a Blarney telling, stone. I, t I, I like tell people, I'm like, we're going to go see a really cool pile of rocks and it gets them every time. They're like, Bobby, this is a pile of rocks. This is a castle. I'm like, yeah, but like, why is a castle if not just a very strategic pile of rocks? <laughs> very true. Uh, it is an old ruined castle uh, that was used by many different groups of people, yeah. not just the Celts, but the Normans as well. There's, there's a really famous painting of it. If if you're ever in, I think it's in the National Gallery. There's a huge painting. It's called, I think, The Marriage of Strongbow and Aoife. They restored it a few years ago, so it's absolutely stunning. It's in the background, you can see the rocket on maze. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a, it's a wonderful place to yeah. visit. There's just such a magical quality about it. You can see for miles. Yeah, because Leash is all the way to so Dublin. flat. So you mm. can, so this is like the only, the, like the only high thing in Leash. So you can see for miles. And it's, uh, it's not like cordoned off or anything. So you can, although you probably shouldn't, but you can like climb all the way on top of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but don't. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not endorsing it. I've never climbed all the way on top of it. I, I've climbed pretty high. <laughs> I like that bit, you know, where you, you can go up like, and it's almost like a spirally staircase almost, and you can hmm. sit in like the window. I like that yes. bit. I like climbing up there. 
And we've also learned from the Bog Road, this is the resting place and the home of a, a lot of mythical yeah. creatures. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of local legends in any place in Ireland, so I can't like be like 100% on how much of this is a local myth or how much of this he made up, because there's just a lot of stuff I don't know. Oh yes, I, I did want to complain, actually, this was... A, that oh, you, go ahead. Uh, you would actually never, never build a, ro- a, a main thoroughfare road on a bog, because the ground is too soft. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> sorry, we should explain the plot of the book. <laughs> oh, yes, sorry. I don't know, I didn't want to... I, I haven't actually listened to any of your podcasts. <laughs> I don't know how much of the plot you go into. I so, keep meaning to, but you're my friend. It's weird to yeah. miss, like, just hear you and not, like, be talking to you. It's weird. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> well, hey, we're talking now. Yeah. I, um, and I absolutely won't listen to this episode. If there's anything worse than just hearing you when you're not here to actually talk to, it would be hearing myself. I have to listen to myself all the time. It's terrible. But the bog road basically tells yeah. the story. I'd say it kicks off. The government has built a road through this ancient bog. And there's a creature who's living on the bog. And they're not happy about this. They're not happy about this road on their bog. Everyone essay on this one. So terrible. But in, in Ireland, there's a couple of people. I can't remember his name. If you picture like an old storyteller... That's exactly what he looks like. And he can he consulted on uh, like Song of the Sea and Secret of Kells, but he's a big uh, like a folklore activist, I would say. He's one of he's the, like the last Shanaki in Ireland, which is like an old, an old storyteller. But uh, a lot of the things he works on is not getting those old monuments removed because in Ireland, I know um, I would live by what I would call, I wouldn't say I'm a superstitious person, but I would still kind of live by a don't fuck with the fairies mantra. (laughs) You have these things in Ireland where we tend to curve around like special trees if we're building or, you know, bad things will happen and they they kind of do happen. It's spooky. It happens. Don't fuck with the fairies people folks damn it i should have said folks it would have <laughs> would have been like all alliterative but <laughs> yeah so it's about folks. it's basically like a, a almost a cautionary tale of don't fuck with the fairies but also all the uh, the humans in it get riled up enough a, to like fight back yes so there is a creature in the bog yeah. who it seems has been killing people who drive down the road yes and this is the villagers discovering this and fighting back against it by, spoilers, dropping a big <laughs> tractor on top of it I, from I a bridge. Know, yeah, I don't know. How, how much how much spoilers do we do? In this? Uh, we're, we're, we're pretty free up to, to give spoilers. Yeah, okay. And that's all kind of cool. And you're like, okay, 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 okay. Okay. And then, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then at the end, there's... A really, a really, it's quite a lovely, sympathetic moment between the guy who has started all this fighting and the, um, the bog monster, no other way to put it, <laughs> where you, you realize they are both hurting in the same kind of way because he, the, the man has lost his daughter and the bog monster has lost basically their entire species of these, these like fey creatures. But then it turns out the bog monster was actually the river nor. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm on here. <laughs> well, the bog monster sort of hints that in the past they went against the tribe, tried to take more power than they deserved. And we discover at the end that this was actually the spirit of the river Noor who was sort of cursed into this bog monster 
Yeah, body. but then it seems like there's there was other bog monsters at the top. I'm yeah, <laughs> I, like I've it's 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 a little bit unclear. Um, I did I did like I liked it, but then I was like, but also I I did read it very very fast because I forgot to read it before we came here. So yeah. So you just spent. I like the last I, five I, minutes. I yeah like, <laughs> like, I I think I think it took like two songs. She was like, what? And I was, I read very fast. So <laughs> one thing that I quite liked about this is I could see that Barry. Keegan was going for the whole sort of Frankenstein sympathetic monster yeah. but at the start I wasn't quite buying it because I was like well I know you're annoyed we built that road but you are killing people's families it's then revealed at the end the bog monster wasn't even killing the people's yeah, families yeah just took credit for it <laughs> yeah they were drink driving and it's like no it's your people are the problem like your people it's, are it's, building these roads they're doing these awful things it's a complicated it's kind of a complicated story I feel like it would have benefited from actually being a bit longer. Yes, it is quite short. It's quite short. With those kind of twists, there needs to be, I would say, like more more clues towards the twist. If you can't read it again, knowing the twist, whatever about, else about people feel about J.K. Rowling right now, she does do a really excellent twist. Yes, and she seems to have always known that the twist is coming yeah. up. From the very first book in some cases. Yeah, whereas with this one, it, I kind of got the impression that the twist was made as a decision when the writer didn't really know where to go. It's not, that's that's possible it's not the case, but I, I, I myself like a, at least some hint. I did read it again really quickly, so I could have missed it, in fairness. <laughs> I am excited on, the, on a similar note uh, that he is expanding this world yeah. uh, with The Dark Pool, which is his next project set yeah. in the same, I guess in our universe, yeah. but with more fairies. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I feel like um, he'll have hit his niche. He'll be really, really, really good. He just needs a bit of time, I think. Yeah, like you know like I mean? everyone. Yeah, like everyone. I also just like uh, the colors he uses. The coloring yes. is beautiful in that. When I was reading this as well, it sort of reminded me just seeing this like these very sort of high fantasy concepts in an environment that I'm so familiar yeah. with. Reminded me of a project that you've always been talking about about a high fantasy film in which every character is a child in cardboard armor and yes! cardboard swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I've never seen Booksy Malone. I just want to preface with that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm familiar with, but yeah, I, I just, it's just an idea I've had because I do like, I think I theoretically like fantasy and then I like watch or read fantasy and I'm like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I like it in theory though. I quite like fantasy, but it's something that like I feel like people can get, it can get a bit lost in like the production value like oh it looks so good but like I want to see and I don't know if I'm an able enough writer at this point for that if does it matter if it like they're just kids like playing a game if the story is engaging and interesting enough mm. and that's something I'm I'm interested in exploring I, I don't have any other notion of like what they would do should it be political intrigue should it be more of just a Lord of the Rings type quest dealio do people still say do you? <laughs> but yeah, like because I feel like making making content is is a big box business at the minute, and I feel that there's like a an intrinsic value to a a story, but I feel like that people are getting lost in things having to look so so fantastic, and mm. also because we you don't get away with as much because our screens are just better now. Yeah, very true. So like Monty Python and the Holy Grail and all the, like all the chain mail they're wearing is like spray painted knitwear. But nobody could tell that 
when Monty Python and the Holy Grail came out because the, the camera quality was garbage. So you were like, yeah, that looks sort of like chainmail. It's probably <laughs> chainmail. But right now, like if I made a, a fantasy film tomorrow and I was like, okay, we don't have the money to make chainmail. We'll just spray paint some knitwear. You'd definitely be able to yeah. tell. <laughs> Even so, just if you filmed it on your phone these days, you could tell. Yeah. So I feel like there's something there's something interesting there that like films have gotten more expensive because of the technology we have available to us now. You can't hide things as well. Yeah. You can't make your your rocks out of plaster anymore. If only we had a group of youths who are interested in acting that we could uh, we could explore this concept with. If only. Mm. This could be really sad. This could be very sad when we <laughs> hear back. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. But I was thinking more like actual, like, like maybe even like children, children. I am a bit cautious about because I was saying a couple of years ago, I was saying that, you know, I kind of had missed that there was not so many like films with child casts. And now uh, Stranger Things has come out and a couple of more things. I'm like, you know what? Uh, let's go back to not having children anywhere near Hollywood because uh, I just feel like it's not safe. Yeah, no, it's not an environment. Yeah, to so grow it's up it's in. kind of like something I'm interested in doing, but also something I'm afraid of doing. Because yeah. as someone who works with with kids and teenagers, I feel like I have a responsibility to protect them a little bit. I feel like I feel like Hollywood and a lot of filmmaking spaces aren't great right now, or probably they weren't ever that great. But yeah, it's something like that I'm interested in doing, but also morally, can I though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pauline, we're going to take a quick yeah. break, but we'll be right back to talk more about the bog road and drama. your boy it's me jimmy kavanagh host of the podcast you're listening to right now little dj scratch there for you remix fans hey do you like social media well did you know that club valentine is the king and queen of social media we're both the king and queen we've got both of those titles Yet we don't support a monarchy. Well, I don't support a monarchy myself. Maybe some other members of Club Valentine do. I don't want to speak out of place. I've just thought about every other member of Club Valentine, and I am almost certain that none of them support a monarchy. Getting off topic, though, social media, pretty cool, right? You can give a like and a comment with a wink emoji if you really like it if you know what i mean well if you'd like to give a like or comment with a wink emoji on some excellent funny content please follow club valentine on all social medias listen we got the instagram at club valentine comedy we got the facebook just like search club valentine we even got the twitter at comedy valentine I don't know how Twitter works myself. I mean, I, I could guess, but I don't use it. Robbie's in charge of that one. Check out, uh, check out our Twitter. Listen, fellas, we even got a YouTube page where we put hilarious videos. We've got a great music video up there. And in the next few weeks, we are going to have a sketch up there that I'm so excited about. It's a behemoth of a sketch we've been working on for a while called 
bird in the house. And listen, guys, that's not all. We don't just have social medias. We got a whole website, clubvalentinecomedy.comedy. Uh, typo.com, silly me. Clubvalentinecomedy.com. Check that out. And this podcast is available on so many streaming services. I know how much the youths love social media, but now the dawn of the streaming services is upon us. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Radio Public, on Breaker, on Pocket Casts, and on... Is there an... is Does there exist another podcast service? Oh, Anchor.fm! So whether you're a streamy streamer or a social socialite, we've got something for you with Club Valentine Online. Check us out on the internet and you can keep up to date with all of our live shows and upcoming exciting projects. I'm just on my way to a meeting where we shall discuss our next ensemble show. Prepare for something a little spooky. And now, back to our regular programming. On, on gay cousins no no because we we info dumped too hard and then like 40 minutes later we're like god i need some water and that's when we end it <laughs> <laughs> just end it when you get thirsty that's a yeah. good way to, to do a podcast sometimes we run out of stuff to say but not very often because we both don't know how to shut up <laughs> it's really nice though because it's like yeah. very wholesome we just take turns talking about things we really like that's... or that we really hate yeah I think more comedy should be about nice things that people like. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of stand-ups seem to think you can only make stand-up about bad things that have happened to you. Listen, one of the best stand-up acts I've ever seen recently. Was he actually that good? I don't know, because he was surrounded in the midst of garbage stand-up, because it was like a stand-up kind of tent festival thingy. He just did it about, like, headlights. It was the whole thing. It was just about, like, Irish headlight signals. And what they mean. I was in like stitches. I thought he was he was like the funniest man I'd ever seen. But like it was so nice because he yeah. was like um and he had two little torches so we'd know what was going on. <laughs> I just thought it was really like it was really good because he he wasn't like a, he wasn't being like nasty. Yeah, yeah. He was just pointing at like a funny cultural thing that we that I every Irish person does. Maybe people in other countries do it as well, but. I don't drive in other countries, so I don't know. Uh, let's talk about drama. How loudly, how loudly do I have to sigh so the mic picks it up? <sighs> oh, that was pretty loud, but I don't know if they'll hear it over this royalty-free music. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> He does uh, a little dance every time he says royalty <laughs> free music, even though we don't hear it. Unless I listen to it, I won't know what he puts in here, except maybe Fat Rat. It's gonna be Fat Rat. <laughs> it's every time. <laughs> Drama. Yeah. How did you come across this comic, Pauline? I will tell you, because I was in the Eastons in Newbridge. This was ages ago now. I think I was still in secondary school. Mary, that's my mom. Hi, Mary. Shout listening. out to Mary Cotter. Mary's like, you can buy yourself a comic and you can buy one for Sinead. I actually bought that one for Sinead and I can't even remember what one I bought for myself. 
Because this movie is so much better. <laughs> it's basically, as we said, the story of a stage crew working on a yeah. school play. Very simple, but I guess it's really about the relationships between the characters. Yeah. Some potential romances, yeah. some unrequited romances. When you gave me this book, I flicked and just read the first five or six pages just to get an idea. It goes straight in with the it juice. Straight. Like, I mean, it's it's on the like heftier side for a comic book. It's certainly longer than the one you gave me. But like drawing a comic takes a lot of time. You want to get straight into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like more stories should just get straight into it. When people are like, the first arc should be like about 25% of your story. I'm like, the first arc should be like 5% of yeah. your story. <laughs> if, you can, if you can find a way to go straight into the second arc, do it. <laughs> it does start. Act, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> With a little, uh, a fun little thing is that the whole comic is framed as if the comic itself is a show that's on in the theatre. Yeah. So we get the overture, we get the curtains rising on our characters, they walk onto the set and then the set transforms into a real street yeah. and the real story begins. It's just straight in with Callie and her friend... Uh, that what? one's called Matt. That's Matt. And this is Matt's brother. His name we can't remember. Greg. Greg. <laughs> this is Matt's brother Greg. Uh, they send Matt off and it's obvious there's a little uh, tension here between Greg and Callie which culminates and this is something that I really wasn't expecting because it's very obvious that Callie is into Greg but Greg is really sure how he feels about Callie. Uh, Callie goes for it. They, they full on have a little smooch and this is in the first 10 pages. And Literally, like it says 10 right there. Yeah. <laughs> what I liked about this as well is, you know, me and you were talking earlier about TV shows like Riverdale or Teen Wolf. Where... Okay, you know what? Teen Wolf was bad, but I still liked it though. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fair. But they have, they portray being a teenager as a very sexy thing to be, I think. Which... I don't remember ever feeling sexy when I was a teenager. No, it's not something that I can relate to as an ex-teenager being, <laughs> being in any way yeah, sexy but, or having sexy misadventures. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, let's recount one of our own teenage misadventures. One time, me and Jimmy wore the same high-fizz jacket for a whole day. <laughs> yes, we did. When we say the same one, I mean we were both, we both had a sleeve each. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like an armhole. I think, like that's a, that's an adventure. I like similar like that. We would find an item of clothing, and we would be like, "I bet we can both fit into that at the same." Time. And then we would both put it on. Like it wouldn't necessarily just be me or Jimmy. I remember doing this with other friends. That was my teenage experience. Mostly was wearing like the same jumper as someone else at the same time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a lot of our teenage experience was going to youth theater. Hanging out in our friend Laura's basement uh, with all of our other friends. Uh, one time we went on a JCB. We did. One time we broke into that. Uh, yes, site. we broke into that construction site, and they'd left the keys in the digger. <laughs> so we were just playing at the digger. And that this was is, like that was like I would say like our big one. That's our big like only vaguely dangerous thing we've ever done. And we didn't even teenagers. drive it anywhere. We just kind of spun yeah. around. <laughs> And just made the <laughs> shovel go up and down. And we were like, ah, this uh, is so cool. <laughs> but yeah, very little sexy adventures. No. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. And maybe as a teenager, I was like, oh, I wish I was having more <laughs> sexy adventures. But uh, 
No, I, I was I was a very happy teenager. Yeah, I I don't uh I was probably like at times you know like a miserable angsty teenager. But of course, yeah, it comes um, comes with the territory. I don't remember that being from like personal relationship trauma. I didn't have any relationships. <laughs> um, Jimmy did. I, I I I I had a few, but again, looking back on them, I was very much like. You had like four. <laughs> well, it's a crazy amount of people to date when you're a teenager. I was just in my head. It was like, and again, this is something I com- I wish I didn't have this this uh, attitude. I was like, well, you know, I'm a teenager. I'm supposed to have a girlfriend. So meet a girl I like and be like, hey, should we be boyfriend and girlfriend? And then we were. And uh, it was it was actually for me. I found it really annoying because you would always like like basically you would just be like pilfering my friends. Oh yeah, and because you were because you were really into like artsy girls, <laughs> and like one time I like there he had a panic attack because I wore like a cute outfit in, and Jimmy said to me, "You look like a substitute art teacher," and I was like, oh, "Panic no. alert!" And then I never My wore type. the, <laughs> I never wore the outfit again because <laughs> I was so afraid. <laughs> but again, those were mostly just very. Yeah innocent young love relationships now i'm sure there are plenty of teenagers out there having sexy misadventures in the world the the teenagers in this book were are much more similar to our circle friends back then where you know a little kiss was a a A huge huge thing Uh, sending a text before bedtime was like the most nerve-wracking thing you could do and you'd be thinking about I, it all I didn't have day. a phone when I was a teenager so I, I missed yes I missed out on that um, that's not that wasn't a normal like that was very weird <laughs> I, I realize now that that was a weird thing for me no, I just didn't have one my, my younger sister had like it's not wasn't like a family rule no you just didn't want one <laughs> I just didn't want one <laughs> I just didn't want people to be able to talk to me <laughs> uh, another thing that drama does that sort of goes against those like American high school shows like for example High School Musical or Glee where a huge part of those shows is the school hierarchy of who's popular and who's I, not I is that real? Is that That's a... the thing. I don't think it's real. <laughs> I I was certainly, like, I would not say I was, like, a popular kid in secondary school. But was anyone? Yeah, I don't it know. It was just different groups of friends. It was definitely, like, say, if someone went outside or came in, they'd be like, maybe they're the popular ones. Because, you know, I was, you know, kind of, I'm, and I still am kind of a crappy trash can person. <laughs> <laughs> you say so Pauline I'm gonna disagree but I'm like I do art so I'm often covered in like like art supplies I often wear like clothes that I don't mind getting paint on mm. so I would actually often say I'm a style icon but know that I say it kind of ironically but also kind of seriously mixed with the people that like I like someone would have said if they were looking for that they were the popular people were all still Really lovely, nice people. Well, as yeah. lovely and nice as any teenager is. I'm not going to yeah. pretend like I was a ball of sunshine in my <laughs> teenage years. But like a lot of those people who, I, who, if I was guessing, would have been like the popular people were still just like normal, nice people. Whereas in 
like Hollywood, they're all bastards. Yeah, which I feel like is that's not real. And that's not how you become popular by being an awful person. No, the most quote unquote popular people in our school were just the nice normal people. Yeah, the saddest ones. Yeah, like all the people who I would say I didn't like because they weren't nice. No one else liked them either. Yeah, because they weren't nice. (laughs) Why would you like them? So it's really refreshing to see a teenage middle school story that is not concerned with this hierarchy or being popular. This group is the theater kids group and they're very happy in that group. They all love each other. They all support each other. They're friends. They're friends, yeah. Yeah. It's a group of friends. And there's other groups of friends, I'm sure, in the school. There's the football kids and the computer game nerds. But um, there's not, like, turf wars. They don't fight. I don't think they even talk to anyone else. Yeah, they're just happy in their own circles. it's It's not a very traditional high school story. It's not a very traditional school story, but for me, it is a much more realistic yeah. one that's just very that's just very refreshing because as again as teenagers we had our theater kid friends and we were mm-hmm. very happy with those friends and we didn't care that we weren't quarterback sports sports <laughs> <laughs> also like honestly like thinking back on like those sports teams i couldn't actually like have pointed out to you who was on them in in our school yeah because if you weren't interested in sports I, I did actually learn, uh, there's a girl I work with and she was like a couple of years below us, I think. And she thought I was really cool. Oh. Like she thought I was like a cool kid because I hung out like, you know, you know where I used to hung out? Yes, she I per- remember your corner. Yes, yeah, she, she had perceived that that was a corner where cool kids hung out. Oh. And I would have said that was a corner where weird loner nerds hung out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't it's know. a I, matter of perspective. We, well, I guess we were kind of like, I wouldn't have really hung out with Jimmy too much in inside the school. No. We usually hung out on the bus. Yeah, we hung out on the bus. We hung out, we went to youth theater together. We yeah. hung out outside of school. But in school, we weren't in the same classes. We yeah. weren't in the same year. So I hung out like down at the end. And I think people like saw us and they were like, oh, there's the like the cool edgy kids. And I think they thought we were like, like we all like smoked weed and were in like a band or something. One of us at least was in a band and some <laughs> of us probably smoked weed. I didn't though. I don't know how we got into like this like gag of people who like possibly like if you wanted some drugs in the school, you maybe would have got like that would have been your guess. I, I certainly wasn't like cool. I was just kind of like aggressive and liked sitting down and there were chairs mm, there that's so where I the just, chairs were yeah, yeah so i just kind of elbowed my way into like that group apparently other lower years thought we were like a a cool group even though like if you just stood near us for long enough we would be like yeah i just hang out with us because a lot that's how we got a lot of people that yeah, like they just stand near they just you. stood near us and we we're like hey we're and like it would be people from like the year below and stuff it is funny. I feel like that's how I made a lot of friends in my first year of secondary school. Like me, Matthew Snellgrove, Bobby, Donal. We all just sort of stood near each other. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you make friends. That's how you make friends. I just remember we all sort of stood near each other at our lockers. We're still best friends. We're still yeah. with the same group of friends all through school. Cause, yeah, because me and Jimmy, we, we I would say we were friends all through secondary school, but we almost never hung out like inside the walls of the secondary school. It's probably why we're still friends. I, yeah, I we, we always so. hung out on the bus because we got the same bus. We got the same bus. We used to play this great game called Horse. Do you remember Horse? I, I remember Horse because every time I'm driving and I see a horse, I still say, Horse! <laughs> the game, it's taken from a wonderful film called Eagle vs. Shark. If you're going on any sort of journey, if you see a horse, you say Horse. If you say Horse, you win that horse. And then whoever has the most horses by the end of the journey 
wins all the horses. And we used to add new rules because every now and then someone would see a cow in the distance and accidentally get excited and say horse. So if you said horse and it was a cow, that was minus five horses. Yeah, but also it was, you. we eventually kind of knew where the horses were. Yeah, so we knew when be, the horses were coming up. So it would be like you could see the horse first. We, we'll, I'll drive you somewhere and we'll play horse yes, again. Yes, we gotta play horse soon. No, it's a really nice story as well because um, the main characters in it are actually, most of them actually aren't on the stage of the theatre. Yeah, A lot of yeah. them, they're all stage crew. And I just know this from having done stage crew for a couple of productions in my own life. You feel grossly unappreciated. Mm. No matter how much the actors like say they appreciate you, there'll be a point in that show where they'll be standing in a huddle do you talk? And there'll be like the stage crew. We'll just be standing in a, like in the corner, not included in the huddle. <laughs> and they'll be like, and they'll be like huddling, and they'll be like, and everybody did such a great job, and you all worked so hard, and you deserve this, and you're going to do great. And we'll just be like, we worked hard too. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I fucking built that set. <laughs> My bare hands. Yeah. I've been rewatching Glee. Yeah, the piano man. The piano man and the whole band, because uh, often in the rehearsal room with them, they'll have an entire band playing along. No one ever talks to any of the kids in the band. They just sit there quietly until they have to play. It's all about the performers. Yeah, so you don't... Yeah, so it's really interesting to have pe- those hardworking backstage people. Yeah, and these aren't the kids who've been rejected from the stage and have been pushed into the back. These are kids who really love what they do, have yeah. real interest in building sets and making them as great as they can in costume and lights and sound, which are people who exist. Yes, I went to a whole course full of those people Same, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I I try to be one of those people sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's just not a side of the story you hear very often because I work in a theatre and the two lighting and sound techs we have now put in a huge, huge amount of work uh, for probably very, very little reward. <laughs> and one time, this was very exciting, we had a live live play. So that's when we live stream a play from like a major production. This one was All Our Sons from the National Theatre. You know the woman who played Aunt May in The Amazing Spider-Man? Yes. That... She was in it! What? Yeah! Uh, oh, what's her name? Sally Field! Sally Field! Yes! <laughs> Sally Field was in it. So that's really exciting. And Nick was like, hey, Pauline, there's no one else can do- who can do it. Can you go up to the, like, tech box and, like, when the play starts, turn off the lights? And, like, I just basically was flicking a light switch and I was like, oh my god, I'm so powerful! <laughs> <laughs> the thrill of my life. <laughs> I really like yeah. as well how this shows exciting and kind of mysterious parts of working on a backstage crew like anytime they visit the basement is a big event which is full of costumes yeah. but it's also kind of spooky and dark. Yeah. I'll always remember the first time I was in the basement of the Samuel Beckett Theatre is just so much fun because you feel like you're in on a secret. Yeah. And you feel if you go down there by yourself you feel like you're all alone. It's just you and all these costumes and you can put them on as well. No one can see what you're doing. It's really exciting being doing backstage stuff. And it's also really exciting because one of the things they, they talk about in it that I feel like never comes up in Glee, well, it comes up on a really superficial level is is money and how like when you're doing that kind of small scale production, you don't have that much money and how do you work around not having any money? A lot of the first season of Glee is they have this conflict where Mr. Shu, Mr. Shu loves to rap. 
but that's not what we're talking about. But I just forgot how much Mr. Shu <laughs> loves to rap. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's been re-watching Glee. <laughs> I haven't watched Glee since its original run, so um, I'm just taking his word on oh, Mr. Shu, he loves to rap. But a lot of the scenes are him arguing with Sue Sylvester and the principal, Mr. Higgins, I think, because, oh no, that's going to be bad for the sound. What's that cat called again? That's Iggy. Iggy's scratching on the door to get in. Iggy's fat. He's a big cat. Okay, I'm going to go for it. A lot of the scenes involve Mr. Shu arguing with the principal, Mr. Higgins. <laughs> Can you hear that? Okay, for the next few minutes, you may hear a cat scratching at the door. Oh my god. <laughs> the minute Jimmy started talking, the cat went absolutely wild. So a lot of the scenes are Mr. Shu trying to secure... <laughs> We're just gonna have may, to push may, Should through. we just let him in? Are we allowed? Yeah, like we can do who we want. We're adults. <laughs> Jimmy, this is your parents' house, so the cat's allowed inside. That's true. Recording here in Leash in my parents' house. We'll let him in for a yeah. second, yeah. Just been joined in studio by my cat, Iggy. So if you hear some meowing, that's what's going on. Hey, buddy. As I was saying... Uh, Mr. Shu loves to rap. Mr. Shu, he loves to rap. And he's always trying to get more funding for the Glee Club, and they're always talking about how the Glee Club gets no funding compared to the cheerleading squad. But then, even just in rehearsals, all the Glee kids come out in these matching outfits. Yeah. And even if it's just like a red t-shirt and white trousers, it's who not like already, every- Who already owns white trousers? Yeah, they had to buy those especially. Yeah, and it's not realistic that they're always complaining about that they don't have any money, because to us who've done productions where we've been like, we have you're on 80 cents we know what it's like now <laughs> we usually pull it together but like we're thrifty but we're not here to talk about glee yeah i, I kind of yeah. forgot what we were talking about we we are talking about drama. drama yeah but yeah so there is that element of like there's a thriftiness in it which is mm. quite quite nice there's also a scene and i really liked it where there's she goes to this bookshop mm. and she looks at this book she really wants but she's never been able to afford which i just I, I i find that very relatable but also jimmy was in a bookshop with me one time when i spent uh, enough money that i got seven stamps on, <laughs> on the, a loyalty card so <laughs> i was also in a bookshop with you one time where you just stood there for about two hours reading the latest Percy Jackson. <laughs> I, I left and I came back later, and you were still reading Percy Jackson. And I had not noticed he had gone. <laughs> he was like, he was like, "Hi, I'm back," and I was like, "You left." <laughs> he was like, yeah, I told you after. I was like, no, you didn't. He was like, yeah, I did, but you also did not acknowledge it at all. So, <laughs> hey, it happens. Polly, I think I think it's about time we we have to start wrapping up. Any final thoughts on the bog road or drama? I don't know. It's been I don't know how long since we talked about the bog road, so I can't remember if I if I said everything I wanted to say or. If... It is really nice to I've I've read other, especially um I think it was in one of the Skullduggery Pleasant books. They go to Mount Melik and it mentions like a big apartment block and I was like it's not one of those in <laughs> Melik and 
and it like and even though I really love Scullery Pleasant and because it, it, it's set in Ireland that took me right out of it and it was so weird and it's really interesting to read a, a story that's set in Leash and also like like a lot of the visuals are like they're things I've driven past or I've yes. been they they have an intrinsic Irishness about them that even if I haven't been to that specific place I feel like he has the yeah. guy who wrote it like just he's not just drawing a generic Irish pub he's drawing a very specific one that he's been to or he's spent a lot of time in or photographed at least another reason I'm very excited for his follow up The Dark Pool is because it's primarily set in Dublin but does go back to Leash because Leash seems to be sort of the home of most of these mystic beings I think, I think he's from Leash so he is yeah. writing from something he's familiar with which is always yeah. pretty cool but it's just so fun for me because again I moved from Leash to Dublin so I had my Leash comic now I'm getting my Dublin comic and they're just two comics set in places that I'm very familiar with and really yeah. recognize uh, so just for me personally it's just a real visual treat that's nice Anything else about drama? I would say it it deals with some like kind of not complicated topics, but complicated feelings in a really clear way. I also really really admired the ending. I I I don't want to say because I would actually really really recommend this. Yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil the ending. But uh, I remember feeling really really pleased with the ending and feeling that Callie had made like the right decision in what she in what she chose to do at the end. And I thought it was a really important decision for for people that age to see. And I remember reading this and thinking to myself, if I was in Kelly's position, I don't know if I would have made this decision, So, but I can clearly see it was the right one to make. And so I'm glad that if teenagers are reading this, they could see that and they could aspire to be yeah. a bit more like Kelly by the end of the book. Yeah. She's she's a she's a good lass. She is a good lass, that Kelly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a nice story, and it's 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 a really wonderful diverse story. Yes, Pauline, are you ready to swap back? Oh, uh, yes. Here do you we go. Make, do we make a sound? Uh, <laughs> like a oh wait, the cat's rubbing up against the mic stand. That's gonna make a lot of noise. It's okay, I'll distract okay. the cat. Okay, Thank three, you. two, one, swap. Swap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought ah. the cat would go back for the mic stand, so I thought we better be quick. Thank you so much for it coming in, nice. Polly. <laughs> hey, I'm excited to potentially... Be, be working together. Yes, I'm very excited to potentially be working together, or maybe not. But you know, we'll probably as... work together on something else. Yeah, so. and as you always say... What do I always say? You always say... Um, oh, what's for you won't pass you by. What's for you won't pass you by. Thank you for sharing these comics with me. And I'll see you next week. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. You can keep up with Pauline Dunn's art and animation by following her on Instagram at almostphd. And on a personal note, I would like to thank Pauline for lending me her Miss Marvel comics back in 2016, which reignited my love of comics and is probably the reason this podcast exists. So thank you, Pauline. I love you loads. Comic Swapping Comics has been a Club Valentine podcast produced by Jimmy Cavanaugh, with special thanks to Benedict Desdale for the theme song. You can keep up to date with all things Club Valentine by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or visit clubvalentinecomedy.com. Happy Valentine's Day! There you go. Good night.